Good afternoon, and welcome to Surviving Dystopia. Uh, This is one of the mini podcasts that I'll be doing uh, on my drive home from work. Uh, This promises to be an interesting drive, so we should uh, be able to whip out a 30-minute podcast uh, fairly easily. It is uh, November 29th, and um, I wanted to talk. Today is a beautiful day. Uh, I'm working in the Cincinnati area, and it is a beautiful day. I was literally working in a tank top today, which is, I mean, it's November 29th, and here I am working in a tank top. Uh, I thought this was wonderful, but it got me thinking because as the sun began to set, because it's, you know, it's it, right now it's about 4 o'clock in the afternoon. I'm done heading home. And uh, as the sun began to set, the temperature began to drop. And uh, with that, I, you know, I was like, oh, I'm cold. I got to put my hoodie on. And I began to think about um, how fortunate we are right now that it has stayed so warm. The grass is still green. Some of the shrubs even still have leaves on them. And here we are at the end of November. Um, This is why I like this area. Uh, I love winter. I love all four seasons, but I don't like it to be too long. So coming from New England, you can imagine I've seen snow at the end of September. Not liking it. Not a fan. So, but anyway, it got me thinking about uh, what I could do this little mini show on. Uh, because I have so much time on my hands where I'm driving, I want to throw some stuff out there. These little mini shows are all impromptu. Uh, there is no write-up about them. There is no nothing. Uh, but there will be. I'll, uh, you know, it'll be included in, you know, uh, maybe a week's worth of them all in one blog post or something. But in these little mini shows, I just want to talk about a topic um, just uh, briefly. Uh, It gives people an opportunity who may not have an hour to listen to a podcast. Uh, They could could listen to the 30-minute podcast and and, uh, hopefully gather some information from it as well. Because we all know I'm all about education. Being educated and learning to do things for yourself is the one surefire way to survive. If you can't rely on your gadgets, you can always rely on the one gadget that no one can take from you, and that's your brain. Um, Anyway, a a, a little piece of housekeeping uh, or notice or, you know, just some comments real quick before I get into my topic for this afternoon is, uh, as of today, a good portion of the area in and around Gatlinburg, Tennessee, uh, has been inundated by forest fires. Um, this is, this is really sad. I have friends and stuff down in the Gatlinburg area. Thank God they're all safe. Um, I've heard from everybody and they're all safe. Uh, they've, uh, uh, one friend is, he's in Pigeon Forge and, uh, he, he checked in and said he was safe and a few other friends are in Gatlinburg and they, they said that they were safe. Um, but this is very tragic. Um, I've been kind of following it for the past couple of days. It's a, it's a forest fire that has spread through the Smoky Mountains there, and um, it was very dry. And the winds, the winds yesterday were like 20 miles an hour, just blowing this fire and fanning it and, and pushing it closer and closer to Gatlinburg. Now, I know that there's been at least a couple of hotels that have been lost. Uh, hundreds of buildings have been engulfed. And um, we had a good amount of rain last night, and but they said that there were still some, as of this morning, there were still some hot spots and stuff. So our thoughts and prayers go out to the people of uh, Gatlinburg, Tennessee, and Pigeon Forge area, this Sevierville um, uh, county down there. Uh, if anybody wants to 
do something to help, I intend in the next couple of days to uh, get some information as to places where you could either donate or uh, send uh, food supplies, things like that. Uh, the sad part is, is it's you know it's right before December, which is the Christmas season, and you know it never seems to fail that when these tragedies happen, it always seems to happen around the holidays, and um, you know people. You know, already sometimes have a hard time around the holidays, and to have you know things burned down is is always is always even more tragic in the holidays than it is any other day of the week for some reason. But our thoughts and prayers go out to Gatlinburg, Tennessee, and the Pigeon Forge area down there. Hopefully, they can get this fire out and um, and start rebuilding. Um, this is uh, this is a sad day for the area. So. This also brings me to the topic for today. You know, when we talk about wintertime, uh, we end up finding that there's a lot of fires that go on. Some are set by like Christmas trees or something like that. But one of the things that stands out in my mind that causes fires are things like space heaters, uh, wood stoves, you know, the ashes pop out of our fireplaces, the ashes, the hot ash may pop out and you don't know it. Um, space heater, something gets a little too close, catches it on fire. These are two of the biggest things that start fires in the wintertime in a house. And so I was thinking about this, and so I wanted to throw a little DIY project out there, which is what this podcast is about. It is about a, a, a means to solar heat to change the... There's a, well, actually, there's two means uh, to change the temperature, the ambient temperature of your house before you try to heat things up. Um, one of those ways is very basic, um, but it's it's a lot of work, and it's probably a little more high dollar. I'm going to throw it out there, but I'm not going to get into detail. That is geothermal. If you could install geothermal in your home, which involves digging up your yard and laying pipe uh, that will run air through it, and the air will either be heated or cooled by the temperature of the earth. Now, we all know that the Beneath the earth, you get below the frost line, and it stays in the summertime and in the wintertime roughly about 58 to 60 degrees. This is perfect. I mean, if it's running in the summertime and your house is hot, it'll cool it off. If it's running in the wintertime and your house is cold, it'll, it should bring your house up to a little bit more of a manageable temperature. So keeping this in mind and trying to keep down things such as fires from, from affecting people and reducing the need... Uh, to use these other forms of, of heat, um, geothermal is definitely, it's something that I'm putting into the house that I'm building. I want to have a geothermal uh, system in place so that my ambient temperature is going to start at either a cooler or a warmer uh, spot. I mean, if you're trying to heat a house that's 32 degrees, it's going to take a lot more BTUs to heat that house than you're going to, than it is to heat a house that's at 58 degrees. At 58 degrees, I'm also not going to freeze to death. I might be chilly, but I'm not going to freeze to death. So this is, I mean, this is just a no-brainer. It costs nothing. Um, even convection will move the air for you, or you could put small fans and even 12-volt fans that will run off of solar. Um, There's so many ways that you can do things uh, that are basically free. So if you have the means or the opportunity or the ability, uh, if you, I mean, if you operate a backhoe or something, you can dig the holes yourself and put your own pipe in and then backfill it. Uh, your grass will grow back by summer. I mean, it's just an option to put out there to think about. Do some research on it. When I throw these mini podcasts out there, they are not all inclusive. 
I am not going to give you all of the information that you need. It's just something to throw some ideas out there to help you get through whatever season or, you know, to get your house better prepared for a prepper situation so that, you know, if the SHTF should, should happen, then uh, you will find that you are not as uncomfortable as many of your neighbors. So now that we've passed by the geothermal, which, I mean, that, that is definitely something that I would take a look at, is the geothermal. Um, but something a little bit more simple, a little easier to do. Anyone can do it with, you know, a few nails, a hammer, or even a glue gun for that matter, um, is going to be a solar uh, convection heater. These require no power whatsoever. They can be placed inside or outside. You can either place them in your window. You can make them... This is one that I, I used in the book. Um, they made them for the window. Now, they made it permanently fit the window because of, of a limited um, amount of, of um, supplies to work with. But they... Um, you can make it so that it hangs in your window and you can make it very lightweight. And I'm going to tell you how to do that. Now, first, we're going to talk about the one that hangs in your window. Um, what you need to make this is going to be, um, you know, if you go to Home Depot and you look, they got this pink insulation board. It is about an inch thick and it's, it's basically foam. It, it'll cut with a drywall saw. You can, I mean, you can cut it with a knife if you want to. I find a drywall saw, saw works really good. Um, it's easy. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it works out well and, and you don't have to worry about it. But you can cut it with a razor knife even. It's, it cuts like drywall. You score it on one side and break it in half. Um, it's, it's, it's really, being in construction, I, I have a lot of, of little tidbits of information that sometimes can be useful. But anyway, this pink insulation board, you will need two 4x8 sheets to make this project. And you're going to need flat black paint, flat back black spray paint, preferably because it's a lot easier to work with. So what you're going to do, and you're going to need a piece of uh, plexiglass or uh, plexiglass, I find works the best. Um, it's clear. It stays clear. It doesn't, um, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't like flap in the breeze. It doesn't come loose uh, when you put it all together properly. Um, but you can use, and I have done it, you can use the, um, those window kits. They have the plastic that you, um, you use the double-sided sticky tape, and you can use it as long as the sticky tape is going to hold to the um, edges of your, of your project. This, this is where, you know, it could be, could be a problem. But you could also use maybe some glue or something like that, and that might help. And then you use the blow dryer. And you tighten it all up so it's tight. And that definitely will reduce the amount of weight uh, that this... Now, this isn't going to weigh very much. This is meant to hang in the window. Put a couple of hooks in. So the heaviest part of this is your plexiglass. So if you wanted to try and go with the plastic, just make sure that you don't have any leaks when you get it all put together. You, you really can't use the hot glue with um, the plastic because the plastic's so thin. And you need it to be a clear plastic. You do not want to have it be foggy. It needs to be clear. This is important because of the sun's rays that need to pass through it. Now, the sun's rays will pass through like the foggy type of plastic, 
and um, it will heat it, but not as effectively. You will not get the kind of heat you're hoping for out of something where it is like a fog over it. So uh, keeping that in mind, you do want to keep that, that one front piece. You want it to be clear. You're also going to need, um, now I'm going, this project, I am going with the plexiglass. So you're also going to need a hot glue gun. Uh, I find it works best. You can use Gorilla Glue. Uh, we have used, um, oh gosh, what do they call it? Uh, uh, liquid nail. It comes. You can put it in a caulking gun and uh, or uh, power grab and get it at Home Depot. That'll all work fine too. Um, I like the hot glue gun because it tends to stay. It's less squishy and it's um, it'll stick and hold it down, but it also you know, creates that nice seal that you want and it's clear and it doesn't look all yucky. I mean, cause it's going to hang in your window. You don't want it to look unattractive. So, um, first thing you're going to do is you are going to uh, measure your window. I would leave a, an inch or two around all four sides of the windows. So if your window is say 36 inches wide, most windows are not that wide. We'll say 32, 32 is probably an average window, um, 32 to 34. Um, we'll, we'll make it 34 by, I'm going to say, uh, oh goodness, 56 or something. So if your window is, is 34 by 56, you're going to want to cut your first piece of, of uh, pink insulation, pink insulation board. You're going to want to cut that first piece to uh, two inches on all sides. So if it is 34 inches, you're going to want to cut it 30 inches wide. That gives you two inches on either side. And then what did we say? 50, 54 inches? Four works for me because I'm taking off two inches on each side. So, so you're going to cut that, that first piece of pink insulation board to a measurement of 30 by 50. This is going to fit a 34 by 54 size window. Take two inches off on either side. If you want it a little larger, take an inch off. And you want it to fill the whole window, use the whole rough opening. But um, I like to see a little light coming in around it, and you will not see light through whatever window you're using. Incidentally, when you pick a window, I do want to tell you, for this project, if you can find a window on the south face of the house, this is important. Being in the northern hemisphere, when we're in the winter months, the Earth's tilt creates it so the sun does not actually pass overhead. But it, it, it does an arc in the sky. It's more noticeable in Alaska, and that's why they have, you know, the shorter days in the winter or extreme dark, um, is that it, it never gets fully over. Even in the summer, it never gets fully overhead. But it stays in the southern sky. So if you stay on a south-facing window, uh, you're going to get more sunlight that's going to hit this heat catcher, this, this solar convection heater. So from here, you're going to want to take and make strips for, they're, they're going to, you need a long strip on either, all four sides on the edge, all four sides of your, uh, you're making a box is what you're making. So you need a, 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 the 30 by 50, you know, on, on all four sides, you need to have it like a box. The next thing we're going to do, you're going to glue that down with your hot glue gun. You're going to get it all secure. The next thing that we're going to do is um, 
we're going to make, I'm going to say about four inch tunnels in this. Um, picture a, a, um, the, those, the mouse, what the heck they call it? The mouse, uh, maze, the maze that the mouse goes through. Sorry, I'm, I'm in traffic and trying to maneuver. It gets a little iffy sometimes. Um, the maze that the mouse goes through. So if you are picturing this um, in your mind, picture this maze, okay? But we're going to make about a four-inch tunnel. And you're going to start at the lower, you know, you're going to lay it out. You're going to have your box. You're going to lay it on the floor. And you're going to make a four-inch tunnel that is going to wind in, an, in a snake shape. You know, you're going to do an S. And it's going to start flush on the bottom, whichever corner it's going to start flush and it's going to go over all the way till you get to about four inches from the side. You're going to go up four inches from there to your next row and start on the opposite side, glue it flush, and then continue it over till, till you get to about four inches from that right side. So if you are flush on the right side and you're going to go over and leave it four inches from the left side. You're going to start on the left side four inches further up, which is eight inches from the bottom now. Okay, on the left side, you're going to start flush right up against that wall and go over and leave yourself a four-inch gap on the right-hand side. We see where we're going here. You're thinking mouse maze. So we've started at the right-hand side. You can travel over. You can only make an S. You turn and go back the other way. You're going to do this all the way up, all the way up to the top of your the top of your box. Don't worry if the top is an extra inch or two. Um, if it, what you could do is at 50 inches, you could, you could measure it out and, and set your, your gaps to whatever will work out. Uh, it's doing a little bit of math, take 50 and divide it by four and see how many rows you're going to get. If you have like a, a six inch at the end and you don't like it, uh, divide it out by, you know, three inches and do a three inch tunnel. The, the width of your tunnel doesn't really matter, but I really wouldn't go less than about three. You need some room for that air to move. Now, everybody knows that heat rises as it gets, you know, as air gets warmer, it rises. We can see this, you know, it's called thermals in the air and stuff like this. Um, it does rise. So once you get your maze going on, you've you've got your maze and it's a, it's a series of, of you know, um, what do they call them? Hairpin turns. Basically, you're like coming down a mountain in a big S, in a best big S shape. Um, so at the top side, it should be your last row should be flush um, with whatever side it ends on. So your your S shape. Now what you're going to do is at the very beginning point and at the very ending point, you're going to cut a hole. I would take something the size of say a tin can. Use that as, as your mark. Now, you want to do this on the inside because it's kind of hard to judge from the backside where exactly your uh, rows hit. So on the inside, we're, we're still staring at it. You're going you're gonna to make holes with, uh, I mean, I, personally, I just use a hole saw because I have them. I work in construction. But you can just draw a line with a tin can. You can use an X-Acto knife. You can use your, your drywall knife. You can use a steak knife for all that. You know, just draw a circle and you want to try to get it center, maybe an inch from 
the very edge. You don't want to get too close to the edge because you're going to compromise the integrity of your board. It's not very strong stuff. And you're going to put one on the bottom and one on the top at the very beginning and the very end of your, of your switchbacks. So now that you've done this, you're going to take it outside, and this is where your flat black paint comes in to play. You're going to paint the entire thing flat black. And there's a reason why I say flat black and not gloss. If you use a gloss, part of your sunlight is going to be reflected back. The flat black paint absorbs the light. It absorbs the heat. You ever notice when you're wearing a black shirt and you stand in the sun, you're much hotter than you are if you're wearing a white shirt? Lighter colors reflect back the sunlight. Darker colors absorb them. So this is why we're going to use a flat black paint. You're going to spray paint this. Get it good and covered. Make sure everything's all black. I mean, you could spray paint it on all sides, but I do have a suggestion at the end for your the side that you're going to look at. So let's, let's leave that alone for now. Uh, if you want to paint it on the outside edges, that would be great. Uh, the sun may hit them and actually heat the board itself. Um, but you want to paint the whole thing flat black and then let it dry. When you're done with, while you're waiting for it to dry, you're going to want to cut your plexiglass to the same size as your board. Obviously, this glass is going to hang over your, it's going to sit on top of your, um, your project. Now, if you use plastic, you'll be able to hang it differently than if you use plexiglass. Plexiglass is much heavier than the pink board that we're using. So when we go to hang this, we need to understand that we are actually going to be hanging it from the front. But this is going to work for us, and I'll tell you why. So now that you have your plexiglass cut to the same length, you need to drill two holes in the, in the piece of plexiglass up near the top, maybe a half an inch from the top of your uh, piece of plexiglass. Um, I failed to tell you, my bad, you need something to hang it with, either a chain or a rope. I, I just use a small piece of rope. That, that seems to work just fine. Uh, some nice hemp what rope or something would be nice. Uh, looks nice. Uh, you could do a little macrame something if you want to. The key is, is we need to slide, it through the, slide our piece of uh, rope uh, through the hole that we've just drilled. You want to just drill a small hole, just barely big enough for whatever size rope you have to hold. And what you're going to do is you're going to go ahead and shove the rope through the hole and uh, put a knot in it. Now you can do this one of two ways. One, you can do a single piece of rope that is, uh, you can use a chain, light, you know, those little lightweight picture hanging chains, a, a cable, whatever. Whatever works. Um, you want to secure it on the back side. Um, this is before we assemble this project because you won't be able to have access to it afterwards. So you're going to put the little piece of rope. I use rope. Put a little piece of rope in it. Tie a nice knot. Maybe a double knot just to make sure. But you don't want it to come crashing down. This um, little piece of rope. And I use two. You put a little loop on either end and then you can, you know, attach it to small hooks, little cup hooks or something you can put, you know, up, up over your... Uh, in the top side of your window, it's, it's, it's minimally invasive to the thing. You can easily fill the holes like you would a nail hole. 
if you if you pull it out. But you can leave the hooks there. This is my key. You can leave the hooks there and hang some plants or something from it in the summertime, uh, which kind of makes it nice. Or you can do a single rope, tie it on both ends, and then have a, a center hook that you hang this on. Whatever it takes, this is how you're going. You're actually going to hang it from the plexiglass, not from your pink board. We um, have now made it to the point where our, our rigging is attached that we're going to hang it with. And um, we're ready to assemble the project. So what we're going to do is take our hot glue gun and we are going to put a, a bead of glue. Now this has to be done fairly quickly because we know hot glue dries. Unless you want to use some other kind of something uh, to stick it down. Like I said, liquid nails, uh, power grab, these things work great. Gorilla glue is wonderful stuff. It's awesome. You could use the Gorilla Glue throughout if you want to. Whatever adhesive you're going to use, you need to apply it to the edges, all the tops of your whole mouse trap, your, your whole mouse maze. You need every single piece that's across the top to have your adhesive on there. You're going to line up your plexiglass on top of this. It should line up perfectly. And make sure that your rope is sticking out and your knots are on the inside. Otherwise, you're going to have your hanging mechanism on the inside of your project and it won't be pretty. So um, you're going to affix your uh, plexiglass to the top of the, your maze and, and just leave it sit dry. I'd leave it in the sun. Go ahead and let it dry in the sun because it's going to have to cure in the sun anyway. So um, go ahead and um, attach it, and give it, you're going to need to give it some time to dry because Lord knows you don't want the backside of your heater sliding off of your glass. So once you've given it a chance to dry, this pink stuff is not heavy at all. It is going to weigh, it's like basically hanging a piece of plexiglass in your window. It, it's, it really has almost no weight to it. Um, anyone can hang this. If you can lift the piece of plexiglass, you're going to be able to lift this and hang it in your window. You hang it in your window. You have put zero power to this. Give it a few minutes in the window, 15 minutes max. And then I want you to go over and put your hand up in front of the hole at the top. You are going to feel a slight warm breeze coming out of that hole. That is the convection of the heat rising. And as it rises, it's going to pull the colder air from the lower part of the window because heat rises in your room as well as it does, um, you know, outside or any place else. It's always hotter up near the ceiling than it is. You ever get on a step ladder and, and your room is heated, you notice that you get up there, you're like, whoa, it's hot up here. Um, the reason for this is, is indeed convection. We are closing in on the 30 minutes, so I want to go over real quick with you um, the exterior uses. You can leave it in place. You can build this out of wood. It's the same concept. I've seen people build it out of cans. They just line the cans, or they cut the tops and the bottoms up, and they make, essentially make big tubes. You can do it with PVC. The key is, is to put your plexiglass on because you need to create a space in there that uh, can be heated. And... Um, the other key to it is is um, to uh, paint it flat black. The flat black makes all the difference in the world. Um, but when you're doing it on the exterior, it requires drilling a hole 
whatever size you're using, the tin can size, some people use bigger sizes, um, in the side of your house uh, to install it. And it's a permanent fixture on the side of the house. Um, and you can put caps on them on the inside so in the summertime it does not put heat into your house. So you just cap it off. You can put something over it to block the sun from hitting it, you know, whatever you need to do. But the key is also to remember to put it on the south side of the house. Um, this is important because that's where the most sun hits. You can use this in any window. You can put one in every room. You can make them large. You can make them small. You can put them on the outside of your house. It costs nothing to run. Zero. It's, it's purely done by sunlight, and it uh, operates all on its own by, the, um, by convection, just, just the convection of the heat rising. So this is it for this podcast. Um, I just wanted to do, you know, a quick 30-minute podcast uh, just to throw some projects out there. And um, this is a really great project, especially if your rooms are maybe just slightly cool and you'd like to heat them up. Of course, this only works in the summertime. I mean, in the daytime. So at night, yeah, it's entirely possible you may need some additional um, heaters. But, you know, the key here is insulation. The key is, is if you have drafty windows, um, get some plastic up on those windows. Preferably clear, so you can see out of them. If you have drafty doors, put, you know, uh, make those little things that you attach to the bottom of the door that keeps the draft out. Um, if you need to, close off rooms. Um, we have a big house, and we have rooms we don't use. We close these rooms off. Why heat them if you're not using them? So if you don't need to heat it, don't. Another thing that you can do um, to help keep the heat in there that gets in the house is, um, you know, if, if you, if you have the means to, um, maybe blow in some additional insulation, something like this, um, area rugs help, uh, cold floor stays cold, but an area rug helps to keep, uh, the heat in the more things you have in the room to heat up, uh, the more that they can heat up. And also, um, you know, something to keep in mind is things like rocks and stones and things like this. These hold heat, in the nighttime. My mother did this and it was, it was the silliest thing. She had these rocks and, um, you know, she'd collect one from here. She'd collect one from there. I lost one of her red rocks. She's, she's been, uh, I, uh, yeah, we won't even go there. Anyway, she had all these rocks and they were sitting in the sunlight. And I realized this one day that even after dark, I was sitting there next to these rocks that she had collected from all over and they were still giving off heat even in, you know, even in the evening, I could still see them giving off heat. So if you're like a rock fanatic or, or you just are not opposed to having some rocks in your windowsill, um, or in areas that get quite a bit of light, get some rocks, get, uh, build a rock sculpture, uh, build a rock, you know, uh, a rock garden or, or, you know, uh, Anything that's going to collect and hold the heat, rocks are really good for that. And so, you know, if you're not opposed to it, put those in. They will emanate heat well into the night. So that's all for this. Um, that'll be all for this podcast. And um, I hope y'all had, um, you know, uh, some good ideas and, and uh, found something that was going to be useful for you in this podcast, uh, please remember our friends and family and others, uh, down in, uh, Gatlinburg, Tennessee, 
uh, they are uh, they are definitely struggling at this point in time, and uh, I want to make sure that uh, we uh, we keep them in our thoughts and prayers. So um, y'all have a, a great day and uh, moving into the holiday season. Stay safe and be prepared.